Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action Podcast, where we hear from people across the U.S. that share their stories about work they are doing in their local community with a common goal of taking green action that helps care for people and wildlife and the environment in our local towns and cities. Our goal is that we might be able to learn from and inspire each other while we find our own solution-based action that lets us live meaningful, sustainable, eco-friendly lives while cleaning, protecting, and repairing the environment. Today in our podcast, I'm speaking with someone who has been a green movement activist for more than 30 years and is now involved in a project to build an eco-village in New Jersey. I'm speaking with Steve Welser. Steve was a founding member of the Green Party of New Jersey in 1997 and served on the steering committee of the U.S. Green Party during 2012 and 13. He was the Green Party candidate for governor of New Jersey in 2013. In addition, he edited the Jersey News Journal during the 1990s and co edited the national magazine Green Horizon since 2003. Steve wrote the introduction to Steve Watson's Beyond Bookchin, Preface for a Future Social Ecology, and was a contributor to the volume Independent Politics, the Green Party Strategy Debate. He has lived in East Windsor with his wife Laura of over 30 years. He's retired from a long career as a computer programmer for the New Jersey State Judiciary. He's now launching an effort to create a new eco-village co-housing neighborhood in central New Jersey or eastern Pennsylvania. So welcome, Steve. I'm so excited to speak with you and learn more about your path of green action with the Green Party politics in New Jersey and your new eco-village project plans. So what planted the seeds for you originally to want to take some kind of green action? There was a book all the way back in 1970 called The Greening of America, and by a guy named uh, Charles Reich was his name. It was a very popular book in 1970 when it came out. I was 20 and uh, made a big impression on me, and it happened to be the same year, you know, when Earth Day started. It was also 1970. So there was a, a lot of kind of new ecological consciousness floating around that, that had a big impact on me, and I guess at that point I started reading about, you know, ecological problems, which eventually we would recognize in terms of global warming and, uh, of course, pollution. Back then, there was it was really just the beginning of the legislation that, that helped to fight pollution. There were, there were so many things going on, like uh, in the news back then, there were rivers in Ohio that were catching on fire because there were so many toxic chemicals, you know, from uh, industrial plants and, and things like that. So I was young and that made a big impression on me. And uh, and that's what started to make me feel that we have to, I, I took the phrase from that book called The Greening of America. And I said, you know, what we really need to do is, is the greening of society in general for the whole world. And I think that was the beginning of it. Excellent. Excellent. So what gave you the confidence to move from your um, previous career computer programming background? Well, you know, the, the latter was really an avocation. So uh, <laughs> I had my day job, as, as we all uh, more or less do, you know, and sometimes that coincides with your, your passion and sometimes it's uh, uh, just a skill you have or, or something to make money. That was the case with me. I, I For 
a while, I, I got very interested in computers, you know, when the original PCs came out. That was uh, so that was around 1980. The Apple came out in the late 70s, and, and I bought one of the early TRS-80 computers, and then IBM came out with its PC. So that was a big deal at the time that an awful lot of us were getting interested in. And that became my career, but, but eventually, to tell you the truth, I, I wasn't so interested in that. I kept doing it in order to make a living, and more and more in my spare time, <laughs> I was um, devoting my energy to, to greening things, uh, greening in the sense of like I was putting out a magazine for a while in New Jersey. Called, uh, it was called the Jersey Greens Journal, actually. And then from that, people, it was a newsletter that went all around the state. From that, people um, started to think in terms of political orientation. The, the greening movement in Europe resulted in the establishment of uh, green parties very early on, 75, 1980, 1985. And and they started to get popular and they started to get elected to the parliaments in, in Europe. So it's like we heard about it here in the United States and it was just logical. I mean, anything where you're trying to change society is is likely to have a, a political aspect, an electoral aspect. You know, So we were involved in all kinds of ways with the newsletter and with things like the transition movement, you know, which is for local organizing, for renewable energy, all kinds of things. But one aspect was the electoral aspect. So we formed a party. Uh, like all over the world, there are green parties uh, in over 100 countries. Almost almost every country that has a, a democratic system uh, has a green party. And, you know, that's logical. People, there's, there's environmental and ecological consciousness all over the world. So it takes the form of these parties. And there's, there's a green party in just about every state in, in our country. And uh, so in 1997, we, we started a party. Um, I couldn't run for office. I, I used to I was very active, but I, I said to people, um, you should go out and get yourself on the ballot. But I couldn't do it because my job with computers was actually with uh, the state of New Jersey. So when you're when you're working for the government, you can't go and run for uh, office uh, at the same time. I had to wait until I retired, which was 2008. And then I jumped in to start running uh, for office. Excellent. So did you get involved with the steering committee and the Green Party before then or after that point? Um, I, I guess it was around that point. Yeah, it was about 10, 12 years ago. I, I had been active, but I couldn't be. There are certain things I couldn't do. As a state worker, there are certain things I couldn't do, you know. So I had to hold off. And, and then I was able to, um, yeah, it was a couple of years that I was on the steering committee of the National Green Party. I think that was back in like 2010 or so. So what are some of the things that you learned through those experiences and that you wanted to bring? into this new project of an eco-village? The eco-village is just another aspect. You know, like I said, there, the, the idea of the greening of society, which means to me, has always meant essentially two things. One, of course, is to live uh, in a more ecological way. We call it living lightly on the earth. You know, I think it's very, very important. And I think a lot of people understand uh, that. And the other aspect is to kind of go back to rejuvenating our local community life. To me, that's also very important. Back in the 60s, when 
when we were doing social change work, we used to talk about um, a participatory form of democracy, which is a, a deeper and kind of better form of democracy than just going and voting once every couple of years. You know, it's uh, to really participate in decision making. And it occurred to uh, some of us that, you know, to, to really have participatory democracy, you'd have to rejuvenate local community life. It's also hard to have participatory democracy when you're talking about a whole country, uh, especially as big as the United States, you know. So it was logical then to have the idea that for democracy and for social responsibility and ecological responsibility, we started to feel it would make sense to have more of a local orientation. There was an important book, I think about 10 years ago, called Going Local by Michael Schumann. I remember that had a big uh, impact on me. So between the two things, rejuvenating community life and, and doing it in a way that you could live more lightly on the earth, that, that's kind of embodied in the concept of the eco-village. So the eco-village movement was arising at the, about the same time as the uh, Green parties were arising in, in totally different spheres of life. You know, one is the political sphere and one is the local activist um, communitarian uh, sphere. Um, and I just thought, yeah, yeah, you know, what we're trying to do kind of has to be expressed in, in all ways uh, at all levels. So the Eco Village Project is just another one of, uh, and I've really done a lot of different things, and that's just not another one. Right now, that's really important to me because we have a chance. I'm uh, involved with an Eco Village called Altair, which really is in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. It's uh, not far from Jersey. It's in Chester County, Pennsylvania. It's called Altair Eco Village. And we have a chance. There's there's no uh, Eco Village. There's lots of them. <laughs> it's funny how there's lots of them out on the uh, West Coast, which seems to be, uh, West Coast seems to be kind of more progressive than the East Coast in, in terms of going in a green direction, you know. So out on the West Coast, there's lots of Eco Villages, California, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, uh, but nothing, you know, so I, I visited some of them and got very, very inspired. And then I come back to Jersey and always see that there isn't a single community like that, intentional community, in the New York, Philadelphia area. <laughs> So, so we're trying to build one. It's called Altair Eco Village. It would be the first in our area, and we do have a lot of interest in it. Yeah, so what are some of the aspects that you would like to see happen as part of your project? Like from some of the things that you've seen and observed with other villages, what, what would you like to bring into your own village? Yeah, well, for, you know, for one thing, it, uh, kind of obviously is the idea of relying more on renewable energy sources. So there's no question about that. Talk about living lightly, you're want to reduce your environmental impact in terms of energy usage so there would course be a lot of solar, you know. But beyond that is the idea that if you live in a, a real community like that, we talk about probably car sharing, you know. Imagine if every household, I remember when I was a kid, generally middle class people had like one car per household. I remember how my parents had to share the car, you know. Then the norm became over the years, 60, 70, the norm with affluence became at least two cars. I, I think the last I heard the, the typical American family has like 3.7 cars, including the you know teenager cars and all that stuff. So imagine if you could live in a community where people, um, part of it is to be very cooperative and sharing. You could, for example, have like in a community of, we're, we're thinking of about 25 or 30 homes uh, in the eco-village. Now, now, what if you can have one big lawnmower for, you know, 
30 homes instead of 30, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. See, and and so you can you can share a lot of stuff. And and if you could do some car sharing, uh, in particular, imagine if we can get back to where every household only had to have one car instead of two. It would right away you'd save so you know be living lightly just uh, on that basis. So it's things like like that um, that you can do in the eco village. We we always say this. We can say that if you want to try to live lightly, which is really a really good goal um, to do it person by person and family by family is kind of it's hard to do that way and it doesn't make all that much impact but if you can establish an eco village and have people all living together committed to to that green kind of a lifestyle it really makes it more of an impact and it's also easier to do together the two concepts to us go together ecology and community reinforce each other and, and that's what it's all about yeah that that's that's excellent so what if uh, maybe some of the challenges that you faced we actually were wondering, a lot of us, when we got together with these ideas that we shared, we wondered how, why there are so few. It seems like such a good idea. <laughs> when we have meeting or put out literature and stuff, uh, it really resonates. You know, people say, oh, yeah, you know, I really agree with you about um, living green, uh, living more lightly, uh, rejuvenating community. But there are so few of these things. And it turns out what we found is that there's certain hurdles. I mean, uh, after all, an eco-village, you're talking about a real estate project that's really a, a big thing. Like typically you'd need about $10 million to fully complete 30 homes, you know, on, on some kind of acreage. So it's it's not something that's that amateurs, it's, you know, it's one thing if you're a developer and you have access to that kind of, uh, right. those kind of resources. But for us amateurs to come up with that kind of money is a hurdle, obviously, you know, see, the, the just in, to buy a piece of land, you know, it's like for for Altair, we have eight acres, and that's about right. On eight acres, we can we can cluster 30 homes. We can leave a lot of the land free. We can do some farming and things. So eight acres is a good amount of, of acreage. But you know, you got to get to you, you have to find land. You have to be able to buy land, and and then the kind of way that we're talking about living, which is to try to keep cars from, we always uh, think in terms of clustering the houses around a central area, which would be pedestrian pathways and green space and keeping the cars on the periphery. By doing that, you park the cars on the periphery and then then like the the children can play, you know, safely uh, in the middle of the houses and the the playgrounds and the pedestrian pathways and everything. And and it really, if you go to an eco-village, it makes a really big difference. I know a lot of people, uh, we've we've sponsored a lot of trips to uh, visit uh, places. There's one in upstate New York. There's several in Maryland. There's one in far western uh, Pennsylvania. But if you visit one, you know, people people start to like walk around and they're getting a tour and they're saying, what? They're saying, what's different? There's something really different here. And what it turns out to be is that the, the cars are, are not, are out of sight. See, the cars are on the periphery. You park them somewhere um, in, in a parking lot on the periphery. And then then you walk to your house, and once once you get inside the village uh, itself, it's like so peaceful and, like I say, safe for children, you know, because the, the cars aren't there. So that's one of the things that we talk about. Um, and, and now I've forgotten your question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some of the, the, the challenges that you face. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I, so what I was going to say in that regard is to, to do that kind of thing, to do some things that are a little different, one being to keep the cars out 
out of the central area, number one, to cluster the houses uh, in a way that, that there's a real social aspect to the community, and uh, especially those two things. You run into zoning hurdles. So the third, the, the three hurdles we always said were, um, one was to find uh, the right kind of land. Two was the, the money to be able to buy the land and then develop the, the housing. And three was to find uh, a town where uh, these kind of green alternative ideas are acceptable because the, the village is a little different than the norm, you know, of houses with the garages and uh, half acre uh, or an acre or something for each uh, house. Uh, what we're trying to do is, is just different enough that, it, that zoning can be a problem. So uh, we've been hassling with that and, and we're, we're hopeful that we're going to be able to get over that final hurdle. We've gotten together some money. Uh, we have the people, we have architects, and we have professionals, you know, and we, if we can get the zoning in line, then we'll be able to start building. Great, great. So has the meetup group been kind of helpful in enrolling others in your area? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like one of the things that we do is sponsor these trips to, uh, to visit other uh, eco-villages, and we have speakers, and, you know, um, people really get into it. They they get inspired. And then what we like to do from the meetup is spin off. Um, you know, some people want to live actually in a city. Some people want to live in a walkable township, suburban kind of setting. Some people definitely want to live where they can do some farming in a rural kind of eco-village. So from our, our meetups, um, we talk about all these different ways of doing it. We bring in speakers and then we hope to spin off a couple of different groups in regard to what kind kind of lifestyle they want, urban or suburban or township or, um, or rural or farming, all those things. Um, eventually, we would love to see like a whole variety of these kind of communities in, in our area so that people would have uh, the option of living in this way, you know, and if they want to do farming, they can they can have that kind of uh, option. So our, our long-range goal really is to have more than we, we want to have a network of eco-villages in the area of different kinds. And I think that the people in, in, in our area when I say our area, we're talking about anywhere from New York. We're in touch with people in New York City, all of New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia, and kind of eastern Pennsylvania. We want to be able to have our network uh, in, in the whole area. Nice. Um, so what are some of the ways that maybe you and others are enjoying the rewards of your efforts with work over, you know, all these years in the Green Movement and now starting a very new and hopeful and progressive project? Um, what might, you know, maybe a favorite story or something you overcame or a, a small or large victory? Well, you know, what comes to mind is really apropos of the current circumstances with the uh, with the COVID, you know, and the, the pandemic going on. One, one thing that we've all been um, really glad to see come to fruition is the sense of we've already established a kind of a, even though we don't live together yet, you know, we've already established a kind of sense of community such that here when when there's a, a social problem or a crisis you know we really already have this network of support some of us have been close enough to even you know uh, expand our family bubble because we, we it's it's just almost like extended family uh, after organizing together for so long and we're, we're very comfortable with you know uh, certain people within the community that we can say look uh, uh, we can include you in our family bubble and, and we can still get 
get together because we trust you and, and uh, there's transparency and, and there's closeness, you know. So even before the COVID, there was a lot of support. People already were sharing things, able to turn to each other, uh, even though we're not yet living together. That's great. Well, to, yeah, just to be able to have kind of communities within communities. Right, right, right. Yeah. So if your ideas and your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to someone who also might be considering starting this where they live? Well, I, you know, I think the most important thing there is to go actually and visit, if we're talking about eco-villages in particular, go, go and visit some uh, existing one because what we found over the years is that you know we could we could make presentations slideshows and and we could have speakers and this and that and and literature you know but there's nothing like to really convey what we're talking about and what the goal is there, there's just no substitute for going and seeing an existing you know example and and you know the funny thing is um, even though there's lots of them on the west coast probably the most advanced and best example in the whole country is is accessible to us. It's called the Eco Village at Ithaca, uh, up in Ithaca, New York, which is, uh, it's about from where I live in central Jersey, it's about a four hour trip. So, so we sponsor trips up there and it can be done in a day. You know, we get people together carpooling. If you leave in the morning, you can get there in time for like a picnic lunch in the afternoon. And then they, there's time for a tour of the eco village. And, and then there's this, <laughs> in Ithaca, New York, there's this famous restaurant, the Moosewood restaurant. Uh, a lot of counterculture people have the Moosewood uh, cookbook. So then we always have the group get together for dinner and talk over what we saw. Um, the best example, Example, they have 175 acres of land. They have uh, farming there. They have orchard, and they have three clusters of housing already. Like they have three neighborhoods within the eco village with about 30 uh, houses in each. Eventually, I think they'll have five. So it's a really, really good example of what we're talking about. It's very established. They um, they built it in the mid 90s, and they moved in like in 96 or something. So it's there a long time. But you know, it's not the only one. They're like. I say there's there's quite a few in Maryland. There's some in Virginia that are, that are not so far from us that you can do a day trip, you know. So so the the bottom line answer to the question is, is I would say go and see one in person, and you really get a feel for for what we're talking about. That's great. That's great. And in terms of what you have done to basically move from what you, maybe your background and computer programming, and then moving into something where your passion lies with, with really taking more sustainable and green-friendly action through politics. What would you advise others that may be considering such a thing? Um, let's see, are you saying, saying how to get involved with the movement, you mean? or, or, or Yeah, so you, you moved into politics. Um, that wasn't your background or originally. So what what would you what advice would you give to somebody who might be thinking, well, maybe, you know, I'll join a local uh, council, you know, a city council or something of that sort? What what advice would you give to somebody who's considering making that move? Yeah, right. Yeah. The advice would be, you know, you, you don't want to be kind of stranded on your 
own. So find a group of like-minded uh, people. If it was, you know, if it was politics, which is, uh, of course, just one aspect of, of what I call the greening of society. So then reach out to your local Green Party. There, there's, uh, like I say, there's a Green Party in just about every state, and they have chapters in different counties and, and so on and so forth. You know, so so there you can reach out to an existing uh, group. And if it's if it's in the other areas, I, I guess these days, you know, look online. There's there's transition uh, initiatives in, in many, many um, cities or towns. You can find those online. And of course, with the Eco Village movement, there are these websites that have directories. Let's see, I think, let's see what the Eco Village one is called. There's a global Eco Village network, which is just ecovillage.org. There is a co housing association of the United States, which is cohousing.org. We have our own Eco Village New Jersey website, which is is um, ecovillagenj.org, and there is Altair Ecovillage, which I think is just like that, A-L-T-A-I-R, ecovillage.org, and that's the place to start. Excellent, excellent. So how would you like people to contact you that might also want to join in? Okay, well, we have, first I'll give an um, email address. See, uh, in Jersey, the project is called Eco Village New Jersey, and in Pennsylvania, it's called Altair Eco Village. But uh, I'm in Jersey, so you can go. Eco Village New Jersey is abbreviated EVNJ. The email address would be EVNJ at ecovillagenj.org because our website is uh, ecovillagenj.org. Then we have a meetup for people who are on meetup. Uh, that's where we schedule the uh, the meetings. If you're on meetup, you can look up simply. Uh, Eco Village, New Jersey meetup and, and sign up uh, there. Or if you're in Pennsylvania, I think, I forget what the uh, meetup is called there, but if you go to altairecovillage.org, you'll see the Facebook page and you'll see the meetup and everything. Okay, great, great. Well, thank you for taking the time to meet with us and it was, um, it was a pleasure to speak with you. Me too, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, Let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.